0: Galloway and I'm Tracy Galloway welcome to our podcast 36 questions
1: this is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love
0: now these 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy
1: We have been married 26 years and have four almost grown children together. We've both been in Christian leadership for almost 30 years now. I've been a pastor, you've been a pastor, and we've both been student pastors.
0: And I lead right now a nonprofit organization that does outreach to people experiencing homelessness.
1: You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to find more intimacy and authenticity in your own relationships.
0: Let's dive in. We're back. Here we are. With my best friend in the world, Tracy Galloway. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so this is our fifth episode. That's cool. And the it's 36 questions, right? And right. So, so and I
1: thought it might be a good idea for us to kind of just... maybe every five questions to go back and say, just remind everybody what the last five questions were that we, or four, that we answered. Because
0: maybe this is the first episode people are hearing. They might want to go back and listen to those. Right. Yeah. So the first question we covered in episode one was, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Number two, would you like to be famous? In what way? Then question three, before making a phone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? why and then question four was what would constitute a perfect day for you and then here we are on this time this week's question
1: oh but before you say it yes i think we should start off by just being real with everybody Because I think sometimes when you do like a relationship thing, people think, oh, they're so great. Or they have it together. Oh, why can't I? You know, you can come across. It's like coming across like Facebook or Instagram. Like all the highlights and all the beauty of everything wonderful in your life. That's all
0: I want people to know about me. (laughs) The good stuff.
1: But the truth is that we have moments as well. That are not stellar and perfect and uh, we have Mm. our arguments and things and I have to say we don't argue often I think it's because we've been married so long and we've learned something that we're gonna talk I think we should share with them the listener before we answer our question but this morning is a great example because we really don't argue very often but this morning we did and I think it was kind of a perfect storm and I think sometimes there's certain things that lead into that like number one I couldn't sleep last night so I think I had four hours of sleep because I woke up at 6 30 after not being able to fall asleep and um, came down to have coffee with you in our coffee chair and have our morning time but I was had lack of sleep and then mm. you I think what was with you this is like what led into us not getting along
0: um, well I, I I all day yesterday I uh, worked at, from home but I worked really like nose to the grindstone working on the year like it's a big you know like huge projects mm-hmm. calendar scheduling just I spent all morning working on that and then and
1: it, you worked late because it seemed no, like I, I 6 30 at yeah. night it was time for dinner you were still working yeah. so you worked really hard yesterday so you were kind of burnt out from work all week long yeah I was tired and had been sick it's for a, a few week. days and so it's a tough week yeah, I think we both entered into the. I think there was there's reasons why we argue and not get along. It's usually it has to do with hunger, uh, lack of sleep, stress, and so we had those elements going into it, but we weren't getting along.
0: Yeah, right. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, <laughs> watch out. Halt. Halt. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Halt.
1: It's a good one. So yeah, we weren't getting along, and so I actually walked away I was like I can't take it anymore and I left went back I'm up done. To her room. yeah I'm done
0: it's a family inside joke. <laughs> a family
1: joke. inside joke and so I'm like I'm done and I walked out and um then you came to try to rectify it and then we ended up arguing some more because sometimes you try to make it better and then it just gets worse yes and then I think what turned the corner for us and again I think it was probably Five or ten minutes downstairs, maybe five minutes upstairs. It wasn't long, but it was there. And uh, you said, "Let's do the script."
0: Yes, I said, "I'm going to do the script," because <laughs> you had told me to get out.
1: That's <laughs> what I did. I was like, "I can't take anymore. Just get out. And Just so, leave." And I you laid were talking there, harsh, and I, I laid like
0: there, it. and I felt like if I leave now, our day off is going to really stink. Yeah, This is going to just go on. And I was like, this is not good. We have to resolve it now yeah. or it's so, going to ruin the whole so day. So I said, I'm going to do this script. I, I, I said, like, I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you're probably wondering, the listener, what's the script? Well, we didn't create the script. We learned the script. We
1: did. Like year 14, I think, of yeah. marriage.
0: So we learned how to resolve arguments and fights mm-hmm. um, when we were at the very worst point in our marriage, mm-hmm. in our history, and we were in a bad place.
1: Yeah. We were actually went to the Center for Relational Care, uh, which is based, I think, in Texas. Austin, but they, Texas. Austin, yeah. And they have um, a treat center outside of Atlanta, Georgia. That's kind of like a French dairy farm. It's really pretty there. That's a
0: Chick-fil-A owns it and they rent it out to do marriage intensives. Yeah. And uh, and it's
1: not a marriage conference. There was no. just like, I think there were four couples no, in the room. There there
0: three couples and then a couple leading it and a, and a single leader Yeah, as well. And
1: when you arrive, you have an eight hour counseling session on arrival yeah <laughs> so it was pretty major and we did that we were
0: not doing well we weren't doing good Ugh. and
1: so but and you know i i actually walked into that kind of arrogant like i thought we've been we've been to marriage conferences we've to spoken counseling we've spoken and done marriage counseling like we know we know we know everything like i was so arrogant and then everything we learned at that were things i really had never known before and i was like wow. and the
0: other two couples there were on the verge of divorce. I remember yeah. that, and yeah. and we weren't only because we don't believe in divorce. Yeah, but it felt that bad.
1: Yeah, it felt that bad that we, you know, we didn't want to be together at all.
0: Uh, I was at the end of my rope. I didn't right. know how to resolve it, and I felt right hopeless. Yeah, and then this marriage intensive. Basically, I felt like something broke. And I felt an enormous burden; the weight of the world dropped off my shoulders.
1: Well, really, for I, me, I it took a few not, months after. Of not actually that it solved everything. I'm just script. telling you,
0: in my heart, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a big, it was big. So it was anyway, an eye opener. The for script, sure. the script, which is just one thing they shared with us, is when when you're in a fight, mm-hmm. in order to resolve it, number one, you say. I'm sorry I did this rather than blaming the other person. Like yeah. you did this and you did that. That has to end. That will never. go on forever and ever.
1: Circle, circle, circle. You stop did the this. Blame. You did that. Stop you the did blame. this. You did that. Right. So it's yeah, just, I'm sorry I
0: did this. You own it. But then you go beyond that because everybody says, I'm sorry I did this. Right. That right. doesn't work. You say, I'm sorry I did this sincerely. Be- it must have made you feel.
1: Blank. Whatever.
0: Yeah. And then the follow up is, is that right? Mm hmm. And then the other person says, yes, that's right. Or they say, no, it made me feel this other way. Mm -hmm. Like this morning I said, it must have made you feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And -hmm. and you agreed like, yeah, that's right. I was
1: like, yeah, that's what I felt like. um, I was, you've gotten good at it. Because well
0: now I know what your buttons are. The fact that you I knew pushed.
1: what it is that you did and you knew how I felt mm-hmm. like that's progress. It's because we've been doing this for years. I think originally you probably would say, I am sorry I did uh, this. I and wasn't sure. made you feel this. And I'm like, no, it's not what you did. That's not how I felt. That's not why I'm mad. And uh, yeah. I would correct you and we figure right. it out. But now I think you're so good at it. You're like, I, you know what you did. You say it, you know how it made me feel. And then it makes me feel comforted and like you understand me because i think so many times arguments are like you don't understand you don't understand it's all
0: about empathizing empathizing and understanding the other person this person knows what they did that hurt my feelings right and then that person is now freed up to go yeah well i'm sorry i did this right and And you did
1: well this morning i think when you did that with me you said something like as you were telling me i'm sorry i did this it must have made you feel this way. And you told me why you did it. You're like, because I was sitting down trying to do scheduling for the family for later this year. Right. First thing and in the morning. I had, first thing in the morning, very early. And I had no idea you'd been doing scheduling for like 10 hours the day before and you had enough scheduling, you know, for a while. <laughs> and so I wasn't aware. And as soon as you told me that's why you're being cranky with me, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Of course. That's right. why he didn't want to. But I didn't know that before. I just thought you're being a jerk. But once I found out, why I I was like oh of course and then I said I'm sorry I you know so the rest
0: of the script is which we didn't even do because it just immediately resolved yeah the rest of it is like if that person says yes that's right and then they say well will you forgive me for doing that oh yes and they say yes and then they say is there anything else Mm -hmm. (laughs) it goes way above and beyond is there anything else that you, I need to understand about what happened? Yeah. And what I did and, and how you felt? And almost always there is.
1: Usually there's like, yeah, also I have to let you know this is something else that's bugging me. Because I think sometimes we're upset with someone for one thing, but really there's something else underlying that's there that we don't, we're don't we not even aware of yeah. until the other person asks you. And you're like, you know what? Actually, there is something else and it's this. And that kind of just takes care of it. So I would say it's maybe a four or five step process. Number oh, yeah. one. Is I'm sorry that I blank. Number two, it must have made you feel blank. Number three, is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, um, will, we, you, forgive oh, will you forgive me? Oh, we forgive me. Yeah. And um, what's the last one?
0: Is there anything else? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, is there anything else? Number five. You can help me understand. Yeah. So how you honestly, feel. we ha- the reason we call it the script is we had it in a red folder.
0: It was a piece of bedroom, paper. It was, a it was
1: on a piece of paper, and it was written out. Yeah. And for I would say the first six months to two years, we had to pull it out and read it. Yeah. And that was okay. It was like you know what we're fighting. Let's get the script. And every time it would resolve it, and so we would use it even when our kids were fighting. We'd say, okay, we're getting the script with the kids. Oh so yeah, I no,
0: I do it between like our two <laughs> boys, and they're they're getting you know really riled up, and they just really you know at each other's. When they throats. were younger. No, I've done it in the last 2 years. And I was like, "Okay, guys, come sit down." And they're like, "Oh no."
1: Cuz they know the
0: this could be half an hour of talking. Yeah. And which is excruciating for them. Uh, so they're <laughs> like, "Never mind." We they start hugging each other. We love "I each love other. you, brother." Hug, hug, "Oh, hug. you're the best, bro." <laughs> Cuz they don't want to have to do the script. Because they know it's petty to begin with, you but know. they know the script. Yeah. I would
1: say all of our kids could quote the script. Yeah. And it's been good for their relationships too, I think.
0: I'm telling you, this single thing—it seems like what is, what is the, the main thing that where marriages like they get into trouble and they don't know how to resolve it. You get into a fight and then her feelings are hurt, and then you leave, and those just you carry those for months, days, years. years
1: and I think people unresolved. say they're sorry, but they're like, "I'm sorry," but they're not really. Where this is like, "I'm so sorry. It must have made you feel this way. Like and it's I'm, it's different the way you do it." Right. Even when I've not been in a
0: good place, because I'm still frustrated, I'm like, I'm sorry I did this. It must have made you feel, you know. I'm not soft, right? Yeah. But yet, but still, you. But then it gets me into the groove. I start softening. Mm -hmm. Like it starts working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? But of course, you may have to calm down. Like I let you cool off a few minutes on purpose. That's true. Before I came upstairs,
1: separating and having some time to cool off and being soft and sweet. Yeah soft and sweet that's
0: that's our thing we, that's our <laughs> mantra soft and sweet all i want is for you to be soft and sweet
1: please be soft and sweet yeah uh,
0: <laughs> recipe so, for a happy marriage yeah so soft let's let's hit sweet. that
1: first question that we have
0: okay so this week's question is number 5 tracy when did you last sing to yourself to someone else, <laughs> a two-parter. part two
1: Okay, so my answer to this question changed yesterday, actually, because yesterday I did some singing unexpectedly. Oh, wow. We were, uh, my daughter and I were going, my daughters both and I were going for one of them that's getting married this mm-hmm. summer to go try on wedding dresses. And so there's sort of a tradition in my family of um, singing oldies music. It started with my father, Al Lucia. He would always sing oldies music. He used to dance on American Bandstand mm. in uh, South Philly. He's Italian. He's great. Hi, Dad. And so he would always sing in the car and sing oldies music and sing I mean, it was just part of our world. And so one of the songs that was a special song for our family um, was when I was going to get married uh, we, play, we played that song. Um, gosh, I don't know. Because
0: going to the chapel and I already know. Gonna see?
1: get married. I'm not yeah. a singer. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. Gee, I really love you. You know, I'm not a singer, but. Sing it. Yeah. So thankfully, I have Alexa in the house. So I just had to say, Alexa, play going to the chapel and going to get married and of course she played it and so I was playing that and singing it as we we're getting ready to go tr- for a river to try on wedding dresses uh, yesterday hmm and that was really fun to do was just
0: so you were singing in the kitchen I was a, with Alexa
1: I was in my room putting on my makeup oh and you're getting and, ready to okay. go and uh, singing that song yesterday and it just brings back all these memories because Uh, When my niece was getting married, Lauren, my sister and I were singing that with River in the car on the way to the chapel. We were actually going to the chapel and singing it in the car. And so, I don't know, it just kind of makes me cry every time I sing it, to be honest. So Mm. I was singing that, and it was fun.
0: So that's when you were singing to yourself and singing to someone else?
1: Oh, well... You know, the truth is I don't usually sing to someone else because I have a horrible singing voice as I, has now been demonstrated. I reject
0: that. I do not <laughs> think you have a horrible singing voice.
1: But I do. You know, when I do sing is I sing in the car a lot. And usually. What are you singing? I sing um, like praise and worship songs. Hmm. And I usually do that if I'm feeling stressed or anxious about something
0: hmm.
1: or I'm having a hard time in some area, the time in my Car getting from one location to the other is a great time to pray or to sing songs to God and kind of just calm my heart. Right. And there's this verse actually, it's in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. And it says, You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise.
0: Mm.
1: You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. And the reason why I say that is it's kind of like singing praise songs to God is like a gate that takes you into a safe place um, where the the walls are covering you from all the stress, from all the worry, from all the fear. And Mm -hmm. so I find when I'm not doing well, the best thing to do is to sing songs to God and that calms my mind, it calms my spirit and helps me to um, just get in tune with God. And it really makes a difference when Mm. I go in through those gates of praise. And where I do that is usually in the car when I'm alone so no one can hear me. And I'll sing loud, really loud. (laughs) So I don't know if you know I do that, but I do.
0: No, I did not know that.
1: Look, now you know something about me.
0: See, now these are 36 questions to to lead to love, (laughs) intimacy and closeness. It's working. 32 years (laughs)
1: together I'm learning something new about you. I love it. It's true. I I guess you wouldn't know because I'm always alone when I do that. But I almost every time I'm alone, I sing alone.
0: Awesome. That's cool. Mm All right. So before I answer the question, we're going to do a little segment that we call our book recommendation of the week. So last time you suggested a fictional book, St. it was called Patrick, about oh, St. Patrick. This time I'm going for nonfiction. And let me tell you, this is I, I'm excited about this one. I have even finished it. I'm going to recommend it just from going through half. It is an incredible book, one of the best books I've ever read. Really? Yeah. It's that good.
1: Because you have read ton of books. I'm surprised you're saying
0: that. I inhale books. Okay. I read a lot. So this one is, it's different. This is not even the typical book I would read. I'm going to give props to Jessica Wright, Dr. Jessica Wright, who's on my staff. She lent it to me thinking I would like it or something. And then I lost it. And then I bought her an extra replacement copy and myself one. Listen, this is a true story of an African-American lawyer who, when he was still in law school, didn't know anything, he did some volunteer work uh, for prisoners on death row. And he tells that story, and now, of course, he's had a whole career, a lifetime, uh, fighting for people on death row. And the stories he tells, and the things I'm learning about that world, fascinating, disarming, uh, things I never knew, but he takes you there, Uh to real people, Uh and and how he made a difference, and it's changed his life, and he changed their life, and it was just like, wow! He really puts you in the story, huh. and teaches you about what's going on. And of course, only in the last uh, five to ten years has DNA testing become, uh, you know, hot technology that uh-huh. they can. They're now finding so many people on death row who were innocent. Wow. And so, and they're releasing them, okay, mm-hmm. after 20 years, 30 years, and uh, that's, that's a crazy thought. But anyway, so he takes you there, and I just felt like I'm learning so much. Now, he's a Christian author, but it's not a Christian book, so it, it appeals to everyone, uh-huh. okay? And I just really enjoyed it. In fact, then I watched a video of him speaking, and it blew me away. Did uh, you
1: say the name of the book and the uh, So
0: it's Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. So uh, go on Amazon and just buy it. I'm just telling you, Mercy,
1: <laughs> it's so by worth Brian it. Brian Stevenson.
0: Yes, yes, and and if you want to go online and watch a video by Brian Stevenson and Tim Keller talking about justice, powerful on YouTube. On um, YouTube, yeah, mm. yeah. So anyway, I. I, I'm not into the law. I'm not into yeah. criminal stuff. Except I'm not, for all
1: the John Grissom books you've read.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just, <laughs> I, this isn't the kind of book I would have picked out. So yeah. thanks, Jess, because this really, it, it pulled my heart strings. Mm. And yeah, the, some of the stories me want to cry. And I was just like, wow. Huh. So anyway, I, I don't want to do spoilers almost. Yeah, <laughs> don't. It's just so good. So please, uh, I couldn't recommend this higher, this book. Um, this guy, honestly, he's one of my new heroes and I don't say that lightly. Hmm. So just what, what a great man, Great, really helping people. So anyway, it changed me. So let's hit, let's hit that question again. And this time I'm going to answer the question um when did you last sing to yourself juan galloway or to someone else Hmm.
1: gosh you do that all the time what are you talking about uh
0: yeah i'm a music guy uh i i mean music as far as what does music mean to me it's like off the charts one of the top things in my life um i don't know when i was growing up and i started listening to my you know as a teenager music. It was my identity. It's what I loved. I played it all the time. When Walkmans came out, I was on cloud nine, man. And, um, I
1: remember you as a teenager with your Walkman on with it kind of like hooked on your belt or whatever. Did you, did you, carry it on your belt? Was that not cool? I, uh,
0: I think so. Yeah, Everybody did. Everyone did. Um, and we met when you were 13 and I was 16. So yeah, we've known each other a long time. I'm 48 now. I won't say how old you are. I'm 45. I think they can figure it out. I like getting old. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So I was always into music, but the real breakthrough in my life came in when I started playing music. As When I was 16, I actually started when I met you, playing bass guitar. And then I started playing guitar in my youth group and then singing, actually singing in front of people. And I was terrified. Um you know to do that but I just I couldn't help myself like I just had to do more music more music you know so yeah so I've written now hundreds of songs so do I sing a lot yeah I do um, but the
1: question is
0: yeah when do you sing
1: no when was the last time right yeah
0: so last time was this last Tuesday and it was in um, with my staff every Tuesday morning we um, we do a time of singing, worship singing, and then prayer, and then sharing a message or whatever. Right, at so, New York City Relief, at the organization Relief. you work for. Right.
1: That's You know, it's interesting that you guys still do that because I think when your parents started the organization, they started that Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. prayer and worship, and I always thought, wow, that's really long. Like they pray and morning. they worship yeah. the entire morning for hours and hours. And I'm like, wow, this is so long. But I guess when you're giving out, giving out, giving out, with ministry and on the streets and and doing the kinds of things you guys do to help people, it can really like deplete you spiritually, emotionally. And so it's a time just to be filled up.
0: Oh, and so I was in charge of picking the music. And so usually, and sometimes I'll bring my guitar and sing, but I didn't. I picked out a, a YouTube playlist that I put together all my, well, some of my favorite worship songs. And I don't know how we could live without that Tuesday morning. Uh, At least for me, when I come in and I start singing to God, all my stress, pressures, fears, all those things, they fall off. And it happened again this Tuesday.
1: It's because of Isaiah 60, where it says, what does it say? You will call your walls salvation, your gates praise. You're entering through those gates and there's just safety there, you know, in those walls. Yeah. Interesting.
0: And so it was awesome. Um, It is. And it's like, I always tell people like, that's the fire that fuels the engine of our organization, like we're going out to help all these people, but it's happened to sustain yourself. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing in my life. Just like you do it. I, I, I don't know. I have
1: to say this too. I think it's really easy to do ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and even pastor or preach and do right. messages and not have a prayer time, not have a worship time and not have a Bible reading time. Yeah. In that you can totally drift from yeah. God completely. So well, most quickly. people do it at
0: church, obviously on a Sunday morning. Uh, which I do as well. But
1: but I think as Christian leaders, if there's any Christian leaders listening, mm-hmm. that um, so many times we do things for God instead of spending time with God.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's it needs to be, you spend time with God and then you naturally do things for God. I think the people that are running themselves ragged mm-hmm. and they're completely burning the candle at both ends and burning out are people that are just trying to do lots of things for God. Instead of spending time with God, and then God imparts to you exactly how to do it, how to go about it, what to do when, and gives you a peace. You know and all that, that just
0: came up that what you just said this week in a, um, uh, I was I was in a meeting and we were talking about the difference between doing things for God and with God is so di- huge. It's
1: completely different.
0: And um, in a performance-driven culture like yeah. we have. We, we just go for it because we get so much accolades and so much pats on the back and we pat ourselves on the back, makes our, make ourselves feel better and try to build up our self-esteem. But it doesn't, I mean, it works for us a short time and then we're burnt out. Right. But when we do it with God, it's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you know, when I you're doing can, it with
1: God, it's like he's doing it and you're just going along for the ride. Yeah,
0: you and know, you're not thinking say, about how does this make me look or whatever.
1: Right, you just show up. And you listen to what God tells you to do and you just do that. And it's yeah. all cool. It's very California beach feeling, you know? <laughs> well,
0: it's like, it's walking in peace and rest. Yeah. Even when you're doing and acting and, and you know, producing, uh-huh. you want to put it that way. Uh-huh. But yet I'm staying in a place of peace and rest. Uh-huh. That's gold, gold. Uh-huh. So worship does that for me. Now, the other, the second part of the question was, singing to someone else and the last time you sang to someone else uh-huh. so last time was um i speak at churches a lot most of the time at the end i will i'll get everybody to stand up and sing a song that i wrote a worship song to conclude the message and it goes hand in hand with whatever i spoke on so recently i did that at a church uh in north jersey called powerhouse i think it was the last church i spoke at <laughs> And um, I sang a song that I wrote called God's Beggars. And my son, Connor, our son, (laughs) played drums with me. And it was and he spoke too. actually Mm -hmm. did part of the message. But what are some
1: of the lyrics from God's Beggars? I don't remember. We
0: are. So it says we are just beggars showing other beggars where to find the bread. We are no worse. We are no better. Just more or less well fed. And then the chorus of it is these things we do that others might live and that's the motto of New York City Relief yeah. and of the U.S. Air Force pararescue swimmers. Hoorah! So those people who, <laughs> that's the people who, when there's a hurricane and a, sink, a ship is sinking, the people are about to drown and there's yeah. frigid waters, they dive out of the helicopter in the hurricane, they jump in the water and they rescue the guy. Yeah. So that's their motto. So we we stole that, like, whatever, 30 years ago. So, um, yeah, so, um, so yeah. I sang... And I got everybody up on their feet and like, again, it's, it's a way to not just listen to the message, but like enter in. Mm. That's why I do it. It's not so, look, I'm a songwriter. Let's mm. sing my song. It's like, let's do something to respond. So maybe you will stick in our hearts.
1: You know, I like this a lot. And we started doing this in the church I was working for, for a while. And it, at first we were like, what? You want to do what? But I think having worship after the message, mm-hmm. um, especially maybe the slow songs, is so um, great because you are just, it gives you a chance to respond. Like you said, like you hear a yeah. message, it impacts you, hopefully, and then you can respond um, with singing to God and let it just sink in even deeper. And so I, I like that. That's good.
0: Yeah. And I've thought about music uh, a lot, especially worship music over my lifetime because I lead worship or I have a lot and I write worship why is it so powerful and almost kind of magical? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just like, wow, it affects me like nothing else in, in God. Mm-hmm. And I think the conclusion I've come to is we connect to God without clogging up the works with our, our intellect, our logical thinking, mm-hmm. whatever. I kind of put it aside and I just say, God, you're amazing and you're great and you're wonderful to me and I mm-hmm. I love you instead of, you know, when you're reading or you're writing or you're praying you're kind of well what i want to pray for now well i want to pray for this and, and and that's all good of course right mm-hmm. but when you worship it kind of cuts straight to my heart to god's heart it's mm-hmm. like a magic thread that i connect and i'm like yeah i receive it
1: well it's more intimate and i think if you yeah. relate that to a marriage relationship Intimacy. you can talk over dinner or you can dance together in the kitchen cheek to cheek mm. you know or kiss you know and that's more intimate is to you know there's two different kinds of love. One's like talking, yeah. getting along, camaraderie, and the yeah. other one is like a feeling, emotion, a pl- sense of peace and depth in your relationship that you get. And so I think that's the same thing with God with worship. Well,
0: right? and music's all about emotion. Mm-hmm. It's to move you. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm singing to God and it, it's moving me in yeah. almost immediately, and it's so powerful in my life. So I and, and by the way. I, I listen to all kinds of rock and roll all the time too. That's not worship music, and I sing along, yeah, all like nonstop. Especially I,
1: when we do dishes at night, we always have music playing. But uh,
0: absolutely, is
1: there any praise and worship that you, since we're on this topic, that you mm-hmm. recommend? Like, I know for me, I really like Hillsong. I yeah. think Hillsong does a really Who doesn't. Good, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of mainstream Christian yeah. music. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, great. Is there anyone that you recommend for well, people to put on their playlist?
0: Well, of course, there are so many. Uh, I, I'm a guy that has like 50 playlists, okay? But uh, Bethel, of course, has some amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Elevation, Worship, got some amazing stuff. House Fires is a really good one, very intimate. Uh, Will Reagan, mm-hmm. very simple and stripped down and intimate. You know, acoustic guitar, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Who's the one with the, gr- the girl with the long dreadlocks? Um, Misty Edwards? Yeah. I know you like Misty Edwards'
0: music. Love Misty Edwards. At
1: first I thought it was just the dreadlocks, but then I listened to her music, it was really good.
0: (laughs) I liked her before the dreadlocks, (laughs) just for the record. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I just, something about creativity just draws me in.
1: You know what I have to say, too, about worship is I get tired of white worship. Mm. Um, And someone who's white may not think, like, they may not realize their music is white, but... When we go to the Nigerian church, the four square one in orange that we love. Fountains of living water. That's right. Shout out to them. Amazing. Um, And they're doing like more, you know, African style music. Oh, it's just amazing. Or if you go, um, I've been to like churches that are all... Um, people of color and there's just like ah amazing or um even when we used to do city tribe church which was an urban kind of inner city church we used to do um dj worship or hip-hop worship or you know it Mm -hmm. was it was it was there was something about it it was just great and so I kind of missed that Mm. um I think it would be really cool if churches gave a little sample of different styles of music within and I think it would actually people want diverse churches with a diverse people but then they just play white music and I Very think if true. they were to do some Latin a little bit of samba or I don't know what do you call that just a little bit of you know a little Latin or a little you know kind of instrument that's a little different or yeah. you know like that I think everybody would enjoy it and I think to incorporate one or two songs every Sunday that's a something non-white, I think well, would be valuable.
0: I, I completely agree. I mean, as much as I like Hillsong and Bethel, I mean, they, the, those are white. They And they sound so much alike a lot of the songs. Yeah. And I'm like, I do love it. And I kind of wish they had some songs with a little mandolin or some violin. I don't know, just something different, yeah. you know, stylistically and also the different instruments. I think the reason is um, the typical church doesn't like like throw a curveball of different styles is they're not good at it. Those mm. musicians have studied, you know. It Rock takes intentionality. Right. The only one I know of that had true diversity, like on a consistent basis, uh, was actually Morning Star Worship. Oh yeah, um, because the worship leader was a multi-instrumentalist. His mm. name was Leonard Jones. I don't. He still works with them, but he doesn't. I think work there anymore. But he would play uh, sitar. That was cool. <laughs> the lute. Uh, he was a master violinist, like bluegrass, like I fiddle player. I love the
1: bluegrass. Thing. I, and
0: he was a rock guy. He could rock in fact, out.
1: I wish all worship was bluegrass.
0: <laughs> now, I do have to say, all that styles that I just said were were white. You know what I'm That's saying? True. But he could. Of. But it was diverse. I mean, yeah. super diverse. Like mm-hmm. Celtic music.
1: I mean, I haven't. I mean, I remember in the old days you'd hear Kirk Franklin or something, right. and you're like, all right, and those were great. But I don't, I I think I'm out of touch right now. Yeah, Yeah, I'm out of touch right now with everything. So anyway, we'll have to do some digging to find some more of that. Yeah. Well, I know this has been a longer show, but it's our fifth episode. It's our five-year anniversary of the podcast, and we thought we'd give you a little more to chew on this time. Our
0: five-year anniversary?
1: Of the podcast. Oh, no, wait.
0: I don't think we've done it for five (laughs) years, but we've done five (laughs) episodes. It feels like five years. No, it doesn't
1: yeah, sorry. my brain is a little broken and uh, you can edit that out or leave it in either way. We should tell them about my broken brain one day, but sure, uh,
0: maybe next episode it'll come up.
1: Yeah, the broken brain episode. <laughs> and I think we should wait to reveal the question till the next episode. As okay,
0: well. we're g- Ooh, th- oh but the, I'm just gonna look at it just to see if it's a good one and and see you know if okay. it's worth people listening to.
1: I don't know what it is yet.
0: Oh, oh yeah. This is a good one. Way better than this week's question. Okay, good. You you guys really should listen to the next episode. Uh, this is a thought provoking. All one.
1: right, so tune in to episode six of thirty six questions. This is Juan and Tracy Galloway, and thanks for sharing some time with us today. Um, if you like this podcast, what do they do?
0: Please listen on iTunes, Spotify. Tell people, let them know.
1: Share it on Facebook how, or send it on a private message. If you don't want to put it on your page, you can private message to people that you think would enjoy it. Um, you can send it to them that way. And then I don't know how you review a podcast. I well, don't even know. Okay. How do you do that?
0: Well, y- if you if you use iTunes, which a lot of people do, they have a place. You just click write a review oh, okay. under the episode uh, or, or actually the, the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. When you subscribe, you can just click type a review. So yeah, so that's
1: helpful to us to do those sorts of things and can put some traffic towards the podcast in case it's something that you think is valuable for people to hear for their marriage or their relationships
0: or just because they have a long commute and the drive time is boring <laughs> and they need something to listen to.
1: Yeah. Might as well listen to them. Hey, I want really Tracy. Desperate. Yeah. For something. Boy, am I bored.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll listen to 36 questions. Well. I like doing it just because I get to stare at you and look across the room, and through the microphone and.
1: Good thing we did the script today, otherwise I'd be kind of teed off. But yeah, I feel pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I, I feel happy too.
1: Yeah, that script is really valuable. You guys should type that up and apply it immediately. Use it and yeah. don't
0: don't make the other person do it. Like here, you better use this script. No, no. <laughs> you have to
1: (laughs) you start it
0: start it even if you think the other person is more in the wrong which you always do everybody
1: thinks the other person's in the wrong you just always you
0: just own up whatever you did wrong that you can think of and if you have you can't think of it make something up
1: if you can't you can pray and say god show me yeah show me where i've had a bad
0: attitude here or something you know
1: talk too rough
0: yeah because marriage is awesome if you can keep it awesome yeah and it takes work
1: it does take work
0: yeah, you got to be serious.
1: Yeah, you know, I think more marriages would stay together if they yeah. put as much energy, time, and effort into their relationship with their spouse that they, that they otherwise would put into staying away from their spouse, not talking to their spouse, being mad at their spouse, Avoiding. looking for someone else yeah. online, or whatever it is that people do that's really mm-hmm. bad. If they put all that time and energy into actually loving their spouse, their marriage would heal. And it would be a lot cheaper than getting divorced, <laughs> losing half your income. Like, what's the guy from Amazon?
0: Jeff Bezos, poor guy, and his wife.
1: You think he's a poor guy?
0: Well, he's losing his wife.
1: Well, yeah, but, you know, not happy with him.
0: Well, that not, that's not what this show is about. <laughs> is commenting on celebrities and the richest people on earth. I, I, You know what we should do? What? Pray for him Yeah. and his wife and well, his Well, he would have put
1: all the energy into loving his wife and caring for his wife, that he's put into fooling around, yeah, then he wouldn't have a broken. Well,
0: family. you're assuming he fooled around, but I, I hope he didn't. But that's what the media says. But that's I true. You can't trust the media. Yeah. So, but I think every time I think, what an idiot! You know, as far as um,
1: I know what you do. You don't have to tell me because I know you so well. You pray for people. I I pray for I celebrities even. I know it's funny. I never really prayed for celebrities because who cares? But whenever you read anything that's disturbing, you actually pause and you pray for that person. If it's a celebrity or a or political a politician, figure, right? Anybody, you actually stop and pray for them, which kind of makes you sort of like a saint or something. I mean, no. it's pretty.
0: <laughs> no, actually, it's pretty amazing. You a do friend that. of mine said this once. He, he mentioned a celebrity, and he said, "Yeah, I actually prayed for her," and I was like, "You what?" Like it shocked me, <laughs> yeah. and I was like. Well, isn't that what people of God are? Rather than just what an idiot, you know, because it's <laughs> that's that's kind of a form of entertainment in this country mm. is to is to rag and trash people. You know what
1: it is? It's a spirit of slander. There's a spirit of slander over our country where people slander if it's the president or whatever president from whenever it doesn't matter. All the presidents get all of them slander 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 slander, and it's constant and we need to make sure we're not doing that with uh, if it's your friends or your neighbors or your family members. This thing of slander is 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 just epidemic. Well we I I mean in our country. I mean the.
0: It's like whenever we point the finger, there's three fingers pointing back at us. It's like, what an idiot. But then it's like, oh, have I done some stupid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done stupid stuff. Boy, did I do some dumb things. Put my foot in in my mouth, you know. Anyway, boy, we got off on a tangent there.
1: That was a tangent.
0: Pray for celebrities. Try (laughs) it this week. Why not? And politicians and famous people. They need it. It's hard to be famous and rich and stuff.
1: Oh, poor rich people. Mm. It's okay. You know, I think it's hard. No matter what, life can be hard or it can be wonderful, you know, if you're poor or if you're a bitch. Life's hard. And, uh, you
0: know. We need God.
1: We need God. Yeah. you really do.
0: Marriage is hard. We need God. Yeah. But then it's awesome. And we're like, thanks, God. (laughs) Wow. This is the best part of my whole life. I don't care about anything else. My marriage is good. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. That's right. All right. Well, it's been great. It's fun. And um, stay tuned. Listen next time. Hit us up on Facebook. Be our friend. Tweet. We tweet. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I, I don't know, know, let's actually, be friends, everybody. I won't
1: on Facebook, I only like, I only approve requests of people I know face to face. I,
0: I like. I love everybody. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? All right, I think all with why that we should we close it be off. Friends? Because why can't we be friends? You don't have an effect friends? on your voice to help it sound
1: good. <laughs> all right, well, bye, everyone.